Welcome, welcome back to DB and the Heave. You got myself, DB, and as always, my man, the Heave, up in Denver, Colorado. How you doing tonight, man? Doing pretty good, man. We're going to have to uh, kind of gut this out. We're, we're, we're going uh, Michael Jordan flu game here. We've been a little under the weather the last couple of days, but uh, we're going to do our best. I think you usually give your best performances when you're under the weather. Isn't that how it goes? Because you're, you're not focused on anything around you but your sickness? That's what they say, at least. I think co- I think the Mamba and uh, the uh, you you would say not the great one, but uh, the great one, Michael Jordan. You say there's only one great one. It's Wayne Gretzky, man. That's, that's DJ's father-in-law, yeah. Yeah, DJ's father-in-law. Wayne Gretzky didn't nickname himself the great one. Others did. Fans did. Players did. Nobody else has ever been nick- given the nickname the great one. I thought so, you were going to go maybe with a little Rory McIlroy great one. That's who I thought we were talking about. Yeah, no, we're not going with that guy. Um, <laughs> Michael's the GOAT for basketball to me. I don't have anybody ahead of him. I'll take Tiger as my other GOAT. You got Gretzky. Baseball could go all kinds of ways. I think if you're going, if you want to go real old school in baseball, I have to go with your uh, Detroit Tiger, Ty Cobb. I think that's got to be my GOAT, probably. I, he probably is. I think there's some arguments with some pitchers, but that's a conversation for another day. We'll we'll definitely get that one going another day. The Georgia Peach is up there, though. Oh, I love it. The mo- the movie's a great movie too. Cobb. That's a that's a that's a phenomenal movie. I love that movie. Isn't that with Tommy Lee Jones and Robert Wool? Yeah, Arliss the, Michaels, right? Yeah, the U of H Cougar. <laughs> he went to U of H. I didn't know that. He went to U of H, uh, and the Quaid brothers went to U of H for acting. And I think there's some more that did too. I knew the, I knew the Quaid brothers went to U of H. He actually, it's funny thing about the Quaid brothers is my dad went to Bel Air High School and uh, was sandwiched in between uh, both Randy and Dennis. Dennis was obviously the older one, and then Randy followed my dad up. So, but yeah, Bel Air High School grads there. Interesting. Little- hey, speaking of Dennis Quaid. I think I got the right Quaid brother. He's got a new baseball movie coming out. I've only seen a little bit. I don't even think I've seen the full trailer. Uh, about a ki- some kid in Texas who makes it. It's a real feel-good story is all I know. I'm not going to try and get into it. But we're sports people, and the Quaid brother came up. So we just tied two U of H grads or two U of H alumni to sports real quick. Being from Houston, that's always fun. Hey, you know who else went to U of H, you know? Hakeem Olajuwon. <laughs> yeah. Drexler. I mean, we were naming all the Okay, so we want to go with sports greats that went to U of H. Jim Nance has got to be up there. Oh, I forgot about him. Yeah, Jim Nance. Where does Case Keenum land on that list with his backup quarterback days of like, I mean, did he play backup quarterback for like 20 years? He's still the third string in Houston. Really? Yes. Wow. What a, what I mean, a great deal with the backup quarterback. You know, it's it's funny that, you know, I actually met somebody here that was on the practice squad for the Broncos, tight end, who was a converted tight end from NC State, uh, mm-hmm. recruited as a quarterback. Uh, we might have him on the pod at some point, but he played practice squad for the Broncos, just kind of get a little insight. He was also there at NC State before, I think the year before they put the NIL rules in effect. Okay. Uh, so I just kind of talking to him about maybe a little bit about life in the NFL and the practice squad, stuff like that. He was open to coming on. Uh, it'd be cool if we get we were able to get him on. So always looking for content for our peeps here. Yeah, man. Definitely follow up with that. Uh, we do got somebody coming on next week, which will be fun too. We'll have that person. 
and it should be pretty fun. And we got a couple others. I guess we hadn't even started the show, really. We've just been talking about random shit. Yeah, if the Astros average six and a half runs a game, uh, like they've been averaging over this stretch, they can really compete for a championship. Uh, but it's a it's a very thin line because if they're averaging, you know, five runs a game or four and a half, I don't know if this team can really compete with the pitching and how taxed the bullpen has been. Um, but if they can keep this up and keep the hitting going, uh, a lot of guys are getting into it. They're hitting on all cylinders right now. It helps that they're playing Boston. Boston seems to be struggling a little bit. It's a good time. So they're, they're tied. We, we might end up with a three-way tie. looks like Seattle just scored, unfortunately, bottom half of the fourth. Uh, so it's 3-1 A's right now. No, no, no Julio. That helps a lot for sure. Uh, but we could have a three-way tie once this game goes final. As we were talking about a little bit last, uh, last pod, the Rangers did pull one out. Uh, the Mets have not really helped uh, help the cause, the Astros' cause or the Mariners' cause. Uh, Mets had a chance. They blew the game in the ninth inning yesterday, and today they've managed to score a run in the ninth, but uh, it was a little too late. The Mets lost 2-1 to one to the Rangers, so looking at a three-way tie. Mets lost. The Mariners hopefully can lose, and we're in a three-way tie. Astros look good. They closed it out in the rain. It started really pouring in that ninth inning. When Abreu was up there on the mound, got me a little nervous. Got a couple runners on base. We were up. He loaded the bases, didn't he? No, he was about to load the bases. He had that, I think it was 3-0, came back, or 2-0, and he he battled back, and he got the bouncer back to him for the last out. You never like seeing the tying run come to the plate, so that did not happen tonight, which was good. No, especially not in the rain, because when it gets – Real wet like that, it's harder to hold the baseball. You just don't know what could happen. There can be an easy error anywhere. It could just be a routine ground ball. It slips a little bit, flies over from first, goes in the dugout somewhere like that. The runner advances to second, scores a couple runs. You start getting that stress and tension just like in any sport, and it becomes harder to win and close out. You know, I think there's 29 games or 28 games left. They're all hard at this point to close out especially whenever you're in a pennant race. This is why we love watching baseball and baseball. Once the calendar flips over to September and into October, every pitch seems to have more meaning. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how, uh, how that affects with the new rules with the pitch clock and everything. I was worried about kind of the game and how, uh, you know, just every pitch seems to matter that much more when the calendar turns to September and into October and how the new rules with the pitch clock is going to, going to affect that as far as the flow of the game people being able to catch their breath a little bit uh pitchers aren't going to be able to do that they're they're, they're just going to have to throw man you said the pitch clock a couple times in there and my add got got the best of me and it made me think i've been watching some of the u.s open tennis these last couple evenings and tennis put in a serve clock it gives you 30 seconds on the first serve and the announcers have been talking about how it slowed the game of tennis down and matches are now longer ever since going to a serve clock that was intended to speed up the game. Complete opposite in baseball, though. I know that was kind of a random tangent, but when I heard it, it was making me think about it because they're trying to figure out what to do there, and I think baseball is still trying to figure out what to do as well. It's funny you bring up the tennis, and, you know, obviously the games being – the matches being a little longer – I think probably why they were talking about that is the Djokovic match didn't start until 8 9 o'clock or nine o'clock, probably my time. That's 1130 on the East coast. 
Yeah. Or, the, or 1030. Excuse me. That's why they were talking about it. The match before the, the girl was using every little second of everything and it was just made it feel long and boring. But anyway, uh, I Djokovic routed them, but let's get back on topic, man. Let's get back into baseball for a second. Sorry about that. My ADD just kind of took us away from what we were talking about. Blue Jays lost, so they're losing. They're losing ground in the wild card race. It's going to be a three man race yeah, right yeah. now. And I also saw talking about baseball a lot. Of, a lot of players. I mean, looks like the uh, LA Angels just unloaded some of their recent trade acquisitions. Lucas Gialetti being one of them. I can't imagine the guy passing through waivers at this point, but I mean, it's possible, or it maybe a chance that the Astros could pick him up, but don't really see that happen. I think. What do you think? I think. I mean, I don't think you're going to get all three. I know if nobody claims anybody off waivers, you go back to your team for the rest of the year. Your team pays you. It's kind of they're trying to do, from what I read, a salary dump to get under a tax threshold in baseball of two hundred and thirty-three million for the season. The luxury tax, yeah. Yeah, that's why they dumped these guys. I know a couple years ago that they had the waiver deadline. And so if you had a bad contract, you could pass through the waiver deadline. And then you could actually be traded after the fact, whenever you return to your team. That sometimes would happen. I think baseball went away from that, if I remember correctly. Yep. I don't think you can actually have teams now that, that pass through. Because there were some actual significant trades that went through. Um, with the deadline, the waiver deadline. Yeah, what's what's the number one trade that went through with that for the Astros? Boy from Arizona, right? Was it he? Was it? I'm going with Justin Verlander in 2017. Oh yeah, Verlander was a waiver, a non-waiver deadline. That's right. Yeah, yeah that, that's the, that's one of the reasons why he was able to even be on that list because nobody wanted to touch his salary. I think we discussed this before because no one wanted to pick up his salary because it was just too much. I think it's like pod three or four, but yeah, we did touch on this. Uh, I went over this a little bit. They have gotten rid of the waiver trade deadline. So it's just the waiver deadline. These guys are all on waivers. Now there's quite a few players that went. If I'm the, if the, I'm the Astros as we were talking about it, yeah, even if he's not on the playoff roster, just to give some innings off to your guys. Like I wouldn't have minded a half – somebody who's a little bit worse than what we have in the bullpen, we pick them up and they would have rolled out tonight in a six, four game. And in like the seventh or the eighth inning, maybe they get a couple batters. Maybe they don't, but I wouldn't mind trying it. Maybe save a few pitches from our bullpen. And as we've talked about the arms on our starters and bullpen have been used a lot more this year and they're all tired. Yeah, Astros are definitely looking forward to that day off on Thursday. No doubt about it. Uh, 13. 13 straight games. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be 13, and that's when they're going to have their day off after 13 straight. It's been a long run. The other good thing, if you look at the Astros' schedule, and I know we haven't hit on this, we've played two more games to date than both the Rangers and the Mariners, so the Astros are going to have a couple extra days off going down the stretch, which will allow us a little bit more rest, which is going to be good for the team as well. You know, another thing we haven't really hit up on, and I'm sure you're going to love it, we got the Yankees coming to town. After the day off on Thursday, we got Friday, Saturday, Sunday with the, the boys in pinstripes, so it should be a fun one. Yeah, it's really good when you get that day off, you get to come back, you get to play a shit team. Really should be a three-game sweep. 
probably average win. You're hoping by four runs. Shouldn't be too competitive. You're not – it's a step up. They're a step up from what, the Oakland A's? So it should be a good game for them or a good series for them, and it shouldn't be any issues there. Well, the Yankees did – you know, if anybody's counting wins here, the Yankees did manage to win today against the Tigers. What do you want, a participation trophy? <laughs> what, what, what are we talking about? The Tigers and the Yankees? I guarantee you that's not going to be brought up anywhere. No one gives a shit. Those are two bad teams. The only thing anyone cares about for the Tigers is Miguel Cabrera and this being his last year. And the only thing anyone cares about for the Yankees is the team name. Yankees uh, passed uh, Harrison Bader through uh, waivers or – yeah, Bader was their center fielder. Looks like and they uh, put put him and Donaldson. I saw that. So they're looking yeah. to offload some salary. It looks like I don't know who in their right mind would want to take Donaldson, but you know he's out there for the for the for the taking. If you if if you're so inclined, the non home run bat flip bat flip king. <laughs> That's a great compilation. If you haven't seen it go. It's on Instagram and different places. I know it's on like Instagram, TikTok, all that. It's pretty funny. He does love his bat flip and then all of a sudden realizes it's not a home run and gets thrown out at second or ends up with a single. A couple other things on baseball. Big big game with the Brewers and Cubs at Wrigley. Uh, Cubs managed to gut it out one nothing. It was a pretty big win uh, over the uh, first-place Brewers. Uh, there is, uh, you know, some, some action happening in that NL Central. Coming down to the dog days. And then in other news as well, I don't know if you man- managed to see this, DB, but uh, did you see what went on at, at the Coors Field with the Rockies, with the yeah. Uh, Acuna? Yeah. Just recap it for everybody in case somebody missed it. But I mean, you got the superstar, Ronald Acuna Jr., playing center field, obviously, at Coors Field. Somebody comes down from the stands and gives him kind of a bear hug. It's like there's no, no security around, no nothing. And uh, he actually ended up toppling over, and they, they, they had a hard time getting the fan off of him. And I'm just thinking in my mind, you know, this guy's a bona fide superstar. He's, he's a top 10 player in the league. What do you think as a franchise or as an owner or anyone, whenever you see fan being able to really come out and just give the guy a bear hug? Like, where is the security at? What is going on in Denver? So it's not just a Denver problem. I saw it right before we got on tonight. The MLB Players Association pulling together some different data and some different some different incidents from around the league this year, and they're about to go to the MLB Security Union. Not it wasn't the MLB; it was like their security union because I guess they have the, everyone's in a union in the MLB. Because of the weekend, there was a shooting at the Chicago White Sox Stadium where I guess two women got shot during the game in the stadium. Was it last year there was a fan that ran out there after Altuve? So this isn't the old days where that lady with the big boobs used to run out there and give a player a kiss and run off. This is, I don't know, they're going up two players. So they went to them. We'll see what happens. They're going to probably be some new security measures when we walk into stadiums. And I wouldn't be surprised if Nets almost go all the way around like they do in Japan. Nobody's going to be getting hit with baseballs. It's going to be hard to catch them unless it goes over the net. But this keeps fans off the field. I think this has happened before in football games where fans would run on and, and basically uh, somebody ends up just spearing the guy. 
<laughs> the football, you know, one of the big defensive ends or somebody just takes it out on him. And, and, you know, maybe that needs to happen. I mean, when do you give these guys the green light to actually like, you know, throw hands at these, at these fans? It's pretty crazy that that would, that we're even talking about it, honestly, but it, it was really disturbing, especially after the, uh, the shooting in Chicago. I mean, God forbid somebody gets on the field with a snuck in pistol or something. I mean, that would be horrific. A couple Chicago. people injured in that too, in the Chicago deal. Like some yeah. some people actually got shot, right? Two women got shot from everything I've seen. The headline that first came out was absolutely atrocious. The article was. It just said shooting at White Sox game cancels vanilla ice concert. And I was like, what in the hell? It got me as clickbait. I'm not gonna lie. But they said they found shell casings in the stadium but we're unsure if the shots came from in or inside or outside the stadium. Well, one, they're showcasing, so it, it came from inside the stadium. Most of the people there that they interviewed, they interviewed a couple people, said they didn't hear the gunshot. They were within five rows, did not hear the gunshot, and just saw the ladies bleeding later on. I was like, I don't, I don't know what the kind of gun this guy's shooting, but if you're within a few rows, you're probably hearing it. It's uh, pretty crazy. Hopefully they're able to deal with it. You know, this isn't a uh, situation where the commissioner does not seem to take action because this is a, a problem. But, you know, we're all Rod Manfred's, Manfred's uh, fans here. Not. Isn't everybody a Rod Manfred friend? Absolutely not. Yeah. At this point, I, I mean, if you're talking Bud Selig versus Rod Manfred, I mean, we're really splitting hairs at who's better here, in, in my opinion. I mean, can't we get somebody like Adam Silver in MLB, you know, for, for the NBA? I, I, I don't know your thoughts on Adam Silver, but I think he's done a phenomenal job at the, at the NBA commissioner. Uh, I would love to have somebody that could just hold the torch uh, like that guy and MLB, but I don't see Manfred leaving anytime soon. Didn't the NFL try and get Bill Clinton one time? <laughs> I didn't know that. That would be pretty funny. Slick yeah. Willie up there <laughs> negotiating for the owners. I like that. Oh, Cigars God. for everybody, baby. Anyway, I'm not I'm not a fan. I'm, it's the commissioners. Somehow we're never really fans of any commissioner. Adam Silver's the better one of your big three sports. Oh, well, it's a commissioner. I think we can universally agree on Roger Goodell. Is, but I would probably put Manfred below Goodell. I mean, it's, it, like, the approval oh, rating yeah. is like in the single digits for me. Yeah, I would too. He's not any good. But anyway, man, I think we... Kind of beat up baseball in a roundabout way, huh? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, I think we pretty much hit it, hit it pretty good. You know, it was picked today. Today we had the Ryder Cup picks. So these are the captain's picks. Your top six are always going to be there. But I guess there's a few. Brooks Kepka being on it, a few people didn't like. A few people I don't think like Brooks Kepka being on there because he's a part of Live Golf. You, they picked Morikawa, who did great in his first Ryder Cup. You have Speed, Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler, and Sam Byrne. Him or Justin Thomas. The other four I thought were solid picks, especially Sam Byrne to get some young blood who's never been out there before. Kepka's top five player in the world. He's should be a top five player in the world. He's got to be there. Ricky Fowler at the Ryder Cup, and. Justin Thomas has a good record, so he's there, and him and Spieth played great together, but I thought they would have probably found a way to get Keegan Bradley, and that would have been the only guy. He's been on a tear this year. 
Did you have any of the captain's picks that you were not a fan of? I mean, I think Justin Thomas basically gets picked on merit and alone and what his history in Ryder Cup. But, I mean, I'm not really – I have zero confidence that he's going to get his things together. I mean, all season, this has been the worst season in Justin Thomas's career. I don't really like that pick at all, and I like JT. Uh, I think there was other deserving people that they could have went with uh, over him. But he does have a really, really good record before. Definitely agree that uh, Brooks Kepka, he deserves to be on the team, no doubt. I don't really have anything else about it. I think no. America should be favored, most likely, I would think. They uh, are. Could be the kiss of death. I don't it has know. been in the past whenever we've been favored. There's not a team yet for Europe. So we don't know who everyone is. We know that Rom, Hovland, and Rory have all secured spots. Those are the only three people that we know who have secured spots. We don't know who everyone else is, but America rounds out with Scotty Scheffler, Wyndham Clark, Brian Harmon, Patrick Cantlay, Max Homa, and Xander Schauffele. Those were the six automatic qualifiers. That's solid. Cantlay, Harmon, Clark, Schauffele feels like some top-tier putters. Tee to green. Homa can roll the rock as well. Scotty Scheffler, I'm hoping he brings the spider and leaves the the Scotty Cameron blade at home. Yeah, a guy that I'm really, you know, Kind of bummed that he's not going to make it is Tony Finau. I thought he played well the last Ryder Cup. Uh, a little shaky at some times, but uh, he's a great ball striker. And I, I like Finau a lot. Sucks he, he wasn't able to get in there. I don't think he played well enough this year to, to really make it. But, I mean, again, JT's on the team. He, he had a better season than JT did. I mean, it doesn't take much. but At this point, I guess it is what it is. I like Keegan Bradley had a really good year. Putted the ball really well. Zach Johnson did say he feels that Justin Thomas is built for this event, specifically at Marco Simone. And he's built for this event at this golf course, and that's why he picked him. And he gets along everybody with everybody. He's good for the locker room. All right, we'll see it. We got uh, about a month until the Ryder Cup. and Yeah, it's a fun three-day match. That should be a lot of fun. It's in uh, Italy this year, I believe. Yeah, it's at Marco Simone in Italy. They play the morning matches and afternoon matches on Friday and Saturday, and then they play singles on Sunday. So it's it's the really the only team event in golf, in the real team event in golf. It's not a weird live setup, but this is a true team event. It's a great. It's a great watch. If you haven't watched it, you've never seen it, Friday afternoon, you'll get behind it. Everybody's out there cheering at each other. It's different than a regular golf team. Yep. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, we'll see where it goes from there. When do the picks come out and the captain's picks come out for Europe? Do we know that? September 4th. It's right come. around the corner, so next week. All right. Anyway, that's enough golf. There's nothing happening in golf. That's a month away. Just wanted to. Let everyone know, Team America, who we're rooting for. It's time to get on to college football because we've got our first weekend of full games. There's going to be a lot of teams that we've talked about before have their cupcakes or their layups. Bama's laying 39 and a half. Michigan's laying 36. I think Ohio State's up in the 35-point range, and so is Texas. So you're going to see – Georgia's got Middle Tennessee State. I think they're 36 and a half last time I looked. You got just a lot of teams that are going to be playing in blowouts, and that's how it will end up. 
for most of them. You'll find your few good games throughout the weekend to watch. Any game, if you're gambling on it, is a good game to watch, though. But it all kicks off on Thursday night with an actual game that should be pretty good. I'll definitely be watching is Utah and Florida. Yeah, I'm really – I got that one circled. It's been circled for a while. A lot of things going on with that game. Utah, minus six and a half. I believe they opened at uh, minus ten and a half. We don't really know if Cameron Rising is going to play. Obviously, Cameron Rising, the quarterback that blew his ACL out against Penn State at the Rose Bowl loss to Penn State. He's not totally back. He's been limited all spring. Kyle Whittenham has been non-committal on who, if he will start the game. I don't know what your thoughts are, DB. I think he's going to, and my pick for Utah to cover the six and a half reflects that. I don't know if he's going to start, but when we went over this at the beginning of this pod, they were minus six and a half. I just refreshed the page, and they are now minus four. So I'm thinking they might, mm. might not be playing. So from the time you we talked about this about 25 minutes ago and just went over the lines, it has changed. Wow. Okay. Well, there's my first prediction. Well, I did get some predictions in week zero, right? So we'll go with that for my first one. That's kind of crazy. I mean, I'm not totally surprised. I actually am a little surprised that he's not going to play. I'll, I'll still go with the four and a half, though. I'll, I'll take Utah to win that still. I still think Utah probably wins this game. It's at home in Salt Lake. Utah's a really good football team. I don't think this is the year Florida beats Utah. And even if the QB isn't in, I think Utah always has a good defense and finds a way to eke out a W. I'm not going to take that game on the spread, but I just wanted to give you the update and then I got into it. 45 and a half is the over-under. I would take the over on that game if I was betting it. I would, too. I'd go over with you. I think there is one game I'll probably gamble on that night. And if I got one game in there, I'm looking at Minnesota and Nebraska, and I'm looking at the over of 43. It's a conference game opening weekend. I know with the new clock rules, people are worried, thinking that scoring will be down. 43 seems like a long way down, and I know Minnesota didn't score a lot, but that seems like a low number to me, man. Yeah, uh, I'm with you on that. I don't know if I would play that game, but uh, I I would play the spread. I actually like Minnesota in that game to cover the seven and a half. I like Minnesota's defense, and that's one of the reasons why I like the underplay that you're saying with 43 and a half. Did you say uh, under? I like the over. Oh, you like the over. Okay. I, I don't think I would play the over-under on that game if just with it being – but I think Minnesota covers the seven and a half and Minnesota's defense. And plus you don't know what you're going to get with Nebraska. Yeah. What are you, what are you going to really going to get out of Nebraska? I mean, he's got a new offense he's putting in. I, I wouldn't touch the, the total on the game. So I think Minnesota is going to cover seven and a half. I'd probably lean the other way on that opening weekend conference game. I'm probably leaning the other way. I you like Nebraska know. covering the points, huh? Or yeah, laying, seven and a half. laying with the points. Seven okay. and a half in the conference game. I'm taking that. Man, the opening weekend in a game like that, it, it's hard to cover more than a touchdown, especially when it's conference play, because it means a lot. It's going to be a little sloppy. It's just going to be hard to cover, I think. I'll tell you what, I'm not probably watching anything else on there. 
there's nothing that jumps out at me to watch. I don't think anyone's watching. I don't care about Arizona State and Southern Utah or UAB and North Carolina A&T. There's really nothing else out there on Thursday night. It's football. I guess NC State and UConn. NC State could be good. But Friday gets it going again, and Friday really kicks off early, and it kicks off with Michigan State and Michigan State versus Central Michigan and Miami, Ohio at Miami, the U. Yeah, looking forward to that uh, Miami, Ohio at Miami game. I always like Miami opening weekend. They seem to really get up and fade after that. I like the over 45 points. I think Miami's going to score a bunch of points in this game. I agree with you. I definitely think that game's going over. I like some of these low totals. I don't – you think Miami covers? That's your team, man. You're a U fan. Mm. You think they come out and cover? I wouldn't touch it because they probably win by like 16 points or something. <laughs> Just to spite me. Yeah, they probably cover. I, I, I wouldn't touch it, but I say they cover. I wouldn't put any money on that. I, I, I'd do the over. I like the total better. I don't like a lot of these spreads in the beginning of the you know first week of the year. We don't know what these teams have, or we, we haven't seen quarterbacks yet play, and it, we don't know what the offense really entails. So it's hard for me to pick some of these spreads. I think Miami is good enough to be a bad team, big. I don't think Miami, Ohio might not be a bad team, but they're not in the class of Miami. I really think Miami's going to show big improvement this year, the second year under, under Crystal Ball. And with Van Dyke, I think Van Dyke's going to show big improvement. We should have a lot more time. They've invested a lot of recruiting, you know, time and effort and uh, recruiting power into the offensive line. So uh, that and that's that's Cristobal's claim to fame. He's an offensive lineman in Miami. He's coming home. He, He was brought to fix the line. Miami's had problems along the line for a lot of years. And uh, hopefully that improves and they got a big quarterback to be able to throw the ball and sit back there, the pocket passer that Van Dyke is. I think they're going to be much improved this year as well. I do. And I think they're going to take them down, dude. It's fucking Miami of Ohio. What are we talking about here? (laughs) Worry about them covering. You got Michigan State. Michigan State's taking down Central Michigan too. And I think Michigan State, to be honest with you, this is going to be my boldest pick I'm going to make. Michigan State is going to win. They are going to cover but the over-under in that game is 45. I think Michigan State could cover the 45 on their own. I got it at 47 and a half. I guess we're just That's on over. different sites here. But I'll take about 47 and a half. They might need a field goal from Central Michigan there. Probably not. I think they cover this. They're going to win this game big. They had a really disappointing season last year. I just think Michigan State, they got to do something. They got to beat their in-state rival. It's not really an in-state rival, but, I mean, Michigan's not their rival because, well, they're not Michigan's rival. So, we'll just see. Rivalry week, Michigan State always plays Penn State, don't they? Of course, they've changed that all up now with the Big Ten becoming the Big 16, I guess. Well, the big rival for Michigan State is Michigan, and Michigan's big rival is Ohio State. But didn't Penn State always play Michigan State on rivalry week? No. Are we sure about that? I thought yeah. they did. No. The game kind of has changed up for Michigan State over the years. But I mean before, whenever we had the old Big Ten, the, the rival rivalry week, Penn State was always matched with Michigan State, I think. Not normally. I could be I wrong. Think it, I think it was. Shout, fact- out to my, shout out to my brother-in-law. He's a big Penn State fan. 
Yeah. Big Penn right. State fan, so grew up watching them kind of a lot. So I'm pretty sure they did. I wouldn't touch the game. I don't know enough about them. If I'm going to be honest, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know a lot about the Stanford Hawaii game either. And I'll take the under 60, 60 and a half points on that game for the guys for people that want to stay up late. I always lo- always love those Hawaii games. Uh, we've talked about it before. I'm an, I like Hawaii. San Diego State's my late night team. I don't know. I watched them play last week. I think you're probably right on the under. They play so slow. They score fast, but play slow. So if Stanford's defense does anything, I don't know what Stanford is offensively. I don't know anything about Stanford besides winning the Pac-12. I would assume they're not scoring a lot of points. Stanford is one of three teams I read that has not yet named a starting quarterback. So. That bodes well for the under. I think Stanford's defense is going to be much improved. I mean, they can't be much worse than what they were last year. They were pretty bad last year, I take it. I don't – I really don't remember what they did. I don't think they were not good as a team. So, I know that. Anyway, man, let's just – what do you got for – what's the game that you're going to be watching this weekend, man? Because I don't want to go through every line on every game. That gets kind of – is what it is. We'll do something where we each pick our, like, top five or six – games and give it to you more rapid fire but what's your big game that you want to watch this weekend is there a team that you want to see is there a matchup or some game that you think is going to be a, a really good game i think the north carolina versus south carolina game on saturday is uh, kind of intriguing uh, i know north carolina they put up a lot of points it's a big number 64 and a half acc versus sec yeah, I think it could be like a good little rivalry if it's North Carolina and South Carolina. Drake May and Spencer Rattler, it, it seems like it would be an exciting game. Yeah, I wouldn't pick any any part of it, but I, that's that's definitely a game that I'll, I'll be watching for sure. And then, of yeah. course, the, the, the big granddaddy of, you know, the whole weekend, you know, LSU versus Florida State is going to be something to watch, I think. That's on Sunday, though. That's not on Saturday, obviously. I'm kind of jumping ahead. Yeah, you know what? For our Houston people, I sucks to say it, but I do think the UTSA and U of H game is going to be a good game. UTSA has been really good the last couple of years. Houston's been good, not great. Houston beat them in triple overtime last year, 35-37 opening weekend, and that was at UTSA. It is at home in Houston, but I just think, I don't know if it's a triple overtime game, but it is a repeat, and it's going to be a good game. It's worth it's worth watching. I know everybody wants to watch their team, but if your team's up by 30, 40 points, this game might be worth clicking over to. That would I, did be not have, I, I did not have that one circled, my friend. That That's one on my radar for opening week, just because a lot of the games – I know you jumped ahead to LSU and FSU. There's a lot of games that become blowouts. And when that happens, it gets kind of boring to watch. Nobody wants to watch a team up 35. You could click over and watch a couple other teams. UTSA has competed for their conference championship the last two years. Um, They had an undefeated season, I think, in 2021. And they had another 10-win season last year. So they should get in U of H. This is going to be their first game as a Big 12 team in college football. So I think. I think it's worth watching. So is the largest spread this weekend Alabama at 39 points? That's the biggest thing I've seen. Looks like Ohio State was at minus 30. I know we said we weren't going to go through all these lines, but 
So so intriguing to look at how Vegas sets these lines. I would say if you're going to look at some of the lines and you're looking at some of the totals, go in and also look at what some of the team totals are. Some of the team totals for these games, I know Michigan was 44 for their team over-under, and the game over-under is 51, 51 and a half, depending upon your book. You might find value somewhere else. But anyway, Florida State and LSU, man, that is – you called it the granddaddy of them. That's the granddaddy of the weekend. That's the big boy game. Get ready. Get your chin straps buckled in. LSU's coming out with their air-conditioned helmets. They're going to be nice and cool. They're playing in Orlando. Coming out of LSU, the humidity's not going to bother them. The heat's not going to bother them. They're in Baton Rouge. It's hot as hell there, too. Um, I got LSU winning this game. I, I'll probably take a money line or two and a half. I'll, probably, I'll take them at two and a half. I'll probably bet a money line. I think this is going to be another great game like we had last year. LSU missing the extra point at the end of the game to lose. I can't wait to see what Jaden Daniels is going to do and what Jordan Travis has in store. Florida State really showed a good year last year as well. So I just think both of these teams, I've got LSU picked to win the SEC. I think LSU gets this. Florida State is going to be in the ACC championship most likely as well or playing for it. And these are the teams I got. This is the game I got circled. This is I got LSU. I would agree with that. I think LSU wins the game. Plus, I have a hard time uh, picking Florida State to win anything at this point in my life. (laughs) I think it's going to be a really good game, and it would not shock me if Florida State upset them, though. Especially with it being a neutral site, you know, being played at neutral site. I think that means a lot. This game is played in LSU, or if it's played, you know, in Tallahassee, I think we're talking about a different you know, ball game altogether. I'd agree. I think LSU, Brian Kelly, the second year, LSU gets them. LSU's going to have, I think they're going to have a hell of a season. I said it on the pod. I picked them to win the SEC. I just don't see Florida State getting in their way. I do see it being a good game and competitive. Just Florida State can't hang with them, bud. We, we do have a little bit of weather with some hurricanes, and I'm not talking about the ones down south that are going to be playing Miami versus Ohio. Uh, there is a, there, you know, weather could could threaten this game. I believe. I don't know if you've seen uh, seen that. Yeah, it's supposed to hit tomorrow. It's supposed to hit Wednesday. It should be through there. We'll we'll just see how hard it hits them. We're praying for you, Florida. As always, not the Gators. We're playing for we're we're praying for the state. We'll just make that clear. Praying for the state, for sure. Is there anything else you want to talk about in college football? I know there's a lot of games going on this weekend. You're going to find out what some of these teams are going to be. Texas has got Rice as well. Texas is going to blow Rice out. Penn State is going to win. I think another good game could be Washington and Boise State. That's up in Washington. It's a little bit of a closer of a little bit closer of a spread in that game. I'm, I'm searching for something here that might be a good game. So I got oh. Texas versus Rice. Uh, Texas favored by 35 and a half. You think yeah, they'll cover I, that? They'll cover it, but the thing is, I think Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers. Could be out by the second quarter. What's up? He could be out by the second quarter. He could be. You're not going to see Arch Manning unless you absolutely have to. 
But I think Quinn Ewers is going to try and put up some big numbers. He knows it's his last year. He's going to try and get some NFL eyeballs. He'll be fun. I think Texas in a game like this can be fun to watch for the first half put up 40 points. Yeah, I think I'll probably turn that game on and watch watch for a little bit, see what Texas is all about. I got one last game I want to ask you about real quick. I'm not going to ask you about the spread, anything like that. I'm just curious your thoughts on Colorado and TCU, you being up in Denver. What what is the feel around Coach Prime and his team coming into the opening of, of the football season? And, I mean, TCU could be a tough test for him, but is there high expectations, high hopes? What is, what's the feel like for the Colorado Buffaloes? Well, there's a lot of hype up here. Uh, there's been a lot of hype with Coach Prime coming in. Mr. Primetime likes to talk a lot. He also cleaned house whenever he came in. People are very, very uh, excited about what he has to bring. I think uh, expectations will meet reality, so to speak. If I was going to uh, give some predictions on this, I wouldn't bet on the game. I think the spread, I, mean, I know you didn't mention the spread. It was like, I think it's 20 and a half. TCU's favored by 20 and a half. I wouldn't really touch the game just because we don't know what we're going to see. Dion has brought in some really good recruits. Those recruits have to play. And it has to mesh as a team. And we haven't seen anything from Colorado with this being his first game. So it's going to be really fun. But expectations are sky high for sure. You're seeing more Buffs fans walking around now? I think you've always seen a lot of Buffs fans. Colorado's definitely got gets the biggest play up here. But they've been so bad for so long that they're, they're just really looking for anything to, to, to get behind. And they've rallied behind Coach Prime quite a bit. He's very hyped. But at Jackson State, he obviously had his uh, football program on Netflix, you know, the weekly Coach Prime deal, his own T-shirt line. So it, it, it's cool to see that the fans of the Buffs are have something to root for. They've been bad for a while. We'll see. I, I hope he does good. He took a lot of those Jackson State guys, which were good recruits. He's got a son, I think, slinging the rocket quarterback, if I'm not mistaken. I'm excited to see what he does. And I was thinking about it the other, just earlier today. He's at Colorado. He was at Jackson State for two years. The year before that, he was an offensive coordinator in high school. He went from offensive coordinator in high school to the head coach of a current Pac-12 team, going back to the Big 12. Yeah, it's a big stage and a big game. He's ri- he's risen fast, and he, you know he had a really good team at Jackson State too. I mean, put the competition to the side. Guy knows how to recruit. He's probably the greatest corner of all time, debatably. The fastest ascension to head coach in a Power 5 conference I've ever seen. Is it? It's got to be. From high school to Power 5, in the last 50, 60 years, this has to be the fastest ascension to head coach. Dion's lost only three times in the past two years as a head, quote, as a head coach. Yeah. And just just once has he lost by more than one score. I get I think it. Re- reality does hit him though, because this is this is big boy football, and TCU is a very good team. Even with them losing their quarterback, TCU is has you know they're 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 a really good team, and they're put together well. And so I I expect TCU to win this game. You know? I think TCU wins it. I think Colorado puts up a better fight. What you just said, he's only had. One loss by more than one score. I think Colorado puts up a heck of a fight. I think Colorado is going to be a pretty good team under him. 
Yeah, it's possible. I mean, he's brought in some good recruits and, he's, you know, he, he cleaned house. Kind of an unprecedented cleaning house is what he's done. So, you know, we're going to see what, what, what he has to offer. It should be a fun game to watch for sure. I guess let's wrap this up with the NFL real quick. I don't think there's a whole lot else. I don't think anyone's watching FIBA basketball. I'm not. The U.S. Open's going on. So we know that's there. But uh, the NFL, we are yeah. in the lull of the NFL. Players are getting some days off. Things are happening. We've seen a few more trades. The Steelers traded away two offensive linemen in 48 hours. The Steelers traded away Dotson already. We talked about that on our last pod, and then today they traded away Kendrick Green to the Texans. You don't see that many linemen get traded off of one team. That's kind of rare. And then we have Jonathan Taylor not getting traded and staying on the pup list. I don't, I don't think anyone is really that surprised by that. I did not expect Jonathan Taylor to be traded, especially with him wanting a new contract and the running back contract market as what it is. We've talked about it to exhaustion. And some of the other and some of the other pods, so that doesn't really surprise me at all. Not really shocked. We've talked about the running back. That's one of the everyone talks about it now. We've been talking about it as well. It's just tough. It's just a tough market to be in. Maybe the Colts put him on the pup list. He doesn't play for a month, and they're able to negotiate a contract. I don't know what's going to happen there. He doesn't have much power, like we said. They can franchise tag him for the next two years as well. I think the other big piece of news that's out is uh, the Kansas City Chiefs finalized their roster cuts and put Chris Jones on the did not report list. He seems hell bent on sitting out, sitting out until week eight. It looks like that might happen with him not getting a new contract. And we'll see how that affects uh, the Super Bowl aspirations of Kansas City Chiefs. So what list is he on? Looks like they put him on the did not report list. What is the did not report list? Not exactly sure. Sounds like he's holding out. And I think, uh, I don't know if you get a free roster spot out of that. I think it's almost like an injured reserve. Reserve did not report list. Basically that list, I think you get an extra roster spot whenever you're on that. It's kind of similar to, I believe, if you were suspended maybe. Okay, I don't, I've never heard of it. Well, it's the reserve did not report list. And it says left team players who left their team or stopped playing NFL football, but have yet to submit retirement papers. This player does not count against the team's roster limit or its salary cap. Another notable roster cut, roster finalization. Uh, Von Miller is going to miss the first four games for the Buffalo Bills as he recovers from his ACL tear. I think that's a, a pretty big deal. So he, he's not going to be on the team while they play the New York Jets, as well as the Raiders, the Commanders, and the Miami Dolphins. So I don't think they're really worried about much with the Commanders and the Raiders. Raiders might be a lot better, actually. I take that back. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the Raiders are going to be any good. <laughs> well, they could. they got a new quarterback, right? Jimmy G. Dude, what are you talking about? The Raiders are <laughs> not going to be any good. But I also – I don't think everybody could be good, PJ. It's 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 week zero or it's week week one. Actually, we're in week zero right now. But week one, everybody everybody's got a shot. This is the NFL, right? It's true. Everyone's got a shot. I just don't see Jimmy G being good. Not sure that there's any improvement at all from that team. They're going to be stagnant. Doesn't do it for me, man. At any point in time, do I have a bunch of confidence 
that Jimmy G is going to go out. I don't think so he's you're telling. Go. So you're telling me the Buffalo Bills coaching staff isn't staying up all night figuring how to they're going to shut down Jimmy G. They are, but I I don't see him as a guy who's going to be able to get it done in a clutch. His team will probably not be in very many positions to actually win a game at the end. They won't be in a lot of games. Don't see them being a good football team. Another new, in other news, the Cowboys solidified their roster as well, and they cut fourth-round pick Jabril Cox, who was coming off of an ACL tear last year, didn't get much time. I'm a little surprised by that with their lack of depth at linebacker. What are your thoughts on that? I don't know. I don't remember him playing last year. Well, he, he, he didn't play last year. He was he was pretty highly touted out of LSU, though. Uh, he got, got drafted with a fourth-round pick, played a little bit last year, but then tore his ACL. But I was just specifically mentioning about the injuries that the Cowboys have had at linebacker, specifically DeMarn Overshone, who tore his ACL playing the linebacker position. They're pretty thin at linebacker, and I'm just surprised to see Jabril Cox not make this team. He probably just doesn't make it. They need roster spots elsewhere. He could get called up in two, three weeks and come back. They might pick up another linebacker. They might just, the team might feel on their 53-man roster, they need bodies elsewhere right now. And they can make do with the linebackers on the roster. Yeah, I think I think it speaks to the depth of the Cowboys at all positions right now. Uh, I was just a little surprised that they uh, didn't keep him because they they really liked him last year. But you know, the fall from grace happens very quickly in the NFL. They they, they find new shiny objects that they like. Doesn't really matter what round you're drafted in. Obviously, if you're drafted in the first round, you you get a lot more leeway and a lot more opportunities. So these guys that are drafted in the middle of the rounds, I mean. After a year or so, they find shiny new objects to uh, plug in their defenses, and uh, they move on. I do think Jabril Cox will probably end up somewhere, if I had to guess. I, th- I thought he showed enough whenever he, uh, he was healthy. His problem is just he has not been healthy. Yeah, I guess so. I guess the biggest thing right now in NFL is fantasy football. I know you're not a fantasy football guy somehow. I got my draft coming up. I'm looking more at fantasy football stuff than the real NFL. Once my draft is over, I guess I'll get back into it. I can only give the NFL so much time when there's no games. So, got to break it all down. I see some of these guys get let go, trades, different injuries. Right now, it's all roster. It's all everything to make your roster. As the season goes on, you're going to see guys get cut. You'll see trades. You'll see roster movement. Just the first week, you're a little unsure. And sometimes right after the first week, you see some guys get cut and bring another guy right back in. NFL, you'll give it a few weeks. It's all – your starters are pretty much wrapped up. That's who you're leaning on. You're not going to your third-string players. And that's that's what's moving right now, and that's what we're seeing a lot of updates on. Yeah, I will say there's been a lot more trades that I remember seem to be happening a lot later in the season. Um, I mean, later in the season, meaning after the draft, you usually didn't see a lot of trades happen after the draft. It was always prior to the draft happening. And usually guys are solidified on their roster spots, not solidified totally, but they know what they want to do and know who they want to trade. Seems to be some, some decent trades that are happening closer to the beginning of the season starting. 
it brings something. It gives excitement. It gives something to talk about, I guess, if your team made a trade or something happened with your team. People just get so in love with it in every little move. Some of the, a lot of these things, you probably won't see some of these players ever play for your team right now. The players that are getting cut, sometimes, like we talked about the Cowboys guy, he never even played for him. It's just interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we've had two days that we've talked, you know, not just us, but we, we hit it up about the Trey Lance trade. I mean, we've spent two days on that. I know you, you weren't a big fan of that um, or even talking about it, but it seems to be all over national media. You know, Skip Bayless had his new show that he debuted, or I guess the new Undisputed, which I refuse to really watch Skip Bayless. But I have heard some things about Michael Irvin being on it and it being a shouting match. And I, I don't know if you saw any highlights of that or anything. I have not, but. Dude, I don't watch that guy. He is annoying as hell to me. I just don't want to watch him pound on whatever soapbox he's on. He annoys the hell out of me and probably a lot of other people too. I think that's the time we're in, you know, you got to be either uh, annoying or uh, just have ridiculous takes in order to uh, get run. Cause he seems to get, uh, you know, he's had a, he's had a show for a while. I mean, running on 10 years now, he went from, you know, first take, I think it was with Stephen A. Smith. And now, you know, he had the thing with Shannon Sharp for a while. And now it looks like they've got four guys who was it? Legion of Boom. I've never even been Richard Sherman. Me neither, but I mean, why are we talking talking about about something we're not going to watch? People are talking about it, though. I've seen stuff all over the all over. All over. It's it's trend. It's trending on X. That's for sure. Oh, plus you got the playmaker. You got the playmaker, Michael Irvin. You know, and kudos to him for actually getting a job. Actually, you know, let's just touch on that. Kudos to him for actually being able to bounce back after the bogus, the, the the bogus accusations that he had to deal with just a few months ago. I like to see that. I like to see people bounce back from bogus ac- accusations. I would like him to be on another program, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, man, I'm just, I'm never watching it. I don't. Michael Irvin got another job. Okay, he's gotten a lot of second chances. He's bounced back a lot. This isn't even something that, I, I can't even comment because I don't, I don't watch it. <laughs> I have no desire to watch it, and I'm never going to turn it on. This might be the ending point for the evening. Yeah, I'll go with that. Heapster, I'm out of here, brother. Have a good one. Yeah, I think we're at a good ending point here, DB. Uh, One thing I wanted to mention is we talked about doing our survivor pool, and I think you have something to talk about that. I'm looking forward to uh, picking some NFL games. We're picking some NFL teams every week, but I'll let you kind of take the reins on that. The survivor pool is going to start – for the first week of the NFL. What you guys need to do is, since you're listening now, this is where we're going to tell you, we're going to put a reminder in the episode description and put something up on social media as well. You need to go ahead and either send us a DM or an email with your email address and just put in there Survivor League and we will go ahead and send you the invite. We're going to do the league through ESPN. We'll send you the invite through ESPN to your email and you can go in from there and you can join the league and you'll put your pick in every week. At the end of the Survivor League, the winner will get a 15-minute segment and a gift card from us. That will be the Survivor League. That's what your prize pool is going to be. So go ahead and get signed up for it, and we'll put everything else out. Thanks for reminding me, Heapster. You can hit us up on Instagram at DB and the Heap, the same at twit on Twitter. 
and threads. And as well, you can email us at DB and the heave at gmail.com. And that is all spelled out. DB and the heave at gmail.com all spelled out. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Can't wait to uh, see who's all going to be in the pool. And uh, as always, be nice to everyone and uh, let's, let's have a good football season.